0: Hello, and welcome to the Articulera, American High's first ever podcast. My name is Kushikanchibotla, I am a senior, and I will be one of your hosts today. So, a quick introduction to the Articulera. This podcast will be covering a variety of topics. Not your general everyday happenings, but more abstract topics. This month's episode will have topics ranging from serial killers to types of soup. You can expect monthly or even bi-monthly episodes featuring many different guests. So I'd like to start off today's podcast with a quick recap of Spirit Week. Hope everyone enjoyed it. Even though it wasn't a typical Spirit Week, it certainly lived up to expectations and even exceeded them. The websites, the soundtracks, the sets, costumes, all of them were literally so amazing. So a big thank you to ASB, leadership, student council, and everyone else who helped and participated in it, and for making it the Spirit Week it was. Overall, we had the freshmen in fourth place, sophomores in third, juniors in second, and the seniors in first. So congratulations. And now moving right into our first segment of the podcast, let's start off with a holiday recipe hosted by Sabiha Jamil.
1: Hello everyone, my name is Sabiha Jamil, and I'll be talking about some easy and delicious holiday recipes. These recipes are perfect for both Thanksgiving and Christmas, the upcoming holidays, and can be made in only a few minutes. So if you want to know how to make some quick and delicious holiday recipes, then please keep listening. So the first submission we have is by Precious Sangvi, who is a sophomore, and she submitted her recipe of holiday cookies. She shares that these are her signature holiday cookies that she makes every year during the holidays. She mentioned that this recipe is quick, easy, and delicious. and only requires three ingredients. And first off, I want to start by saying that unfortunately Songvi cannot join us today due to some technical issues that she's been having. However, she wants you all to know that um, she gives me permission to share her recipe with you all. And I want to say that this is 100% her recipe and I'll just be sharing it with you all. So I just want to clear that up. And now let's just jump into the recipe so first you want to preheat your oven to 350 degrees that is the first step that you do and then you grab your ingredients as i mentioned before you only need three ingredients you need one roll pillsbury refrigerated sugar cookie dough one fourth cup all-purpose flour and one pouch of icing sandvi uses betty crocker icing you could use whatever brand it really doesn't matter and you could even make your own icing And icing can be either red and green for Christmas or brown and orange for Thanksgiving, but you could change up the colors, of course, due to whatever holiday you're celebrating or whatever your color preference is. And this is optional, but you could use like sprinkles or some sort of like holiday topping just to make it nice and cute. She states that you first get the pre-made cookie dough and make it into small balls and then place it onto a baking sheet with parchment paper. Then you pop it into a 350 degree oven for around 10 minutes. After 10 minutes, you remove it from the oven and place it on a cooling rack. Make sure to wear gloves as the tray can be super hot. Then immediately grab the end of a spatula and while the cookies are hot, poke these kind of big holes into each and every cookie at the center. Then you want to let the cookies rest and cool completely for like five to 10 minutes. Once the cookies have cooled, grab the frosting, put exactly one dollop into each coal that you have made. Lastly, this is optional, but you could add any other sprinkles or edible glitter if you like, just add a festive touch, and then you're done. You have a beautiful tray of delicious holiday cookies that are ready to serve. If you would like to have your signature holiday recipe, featured on the next podcast of Articulera, be sure to reach out to me either on Facebook or on Instagram stating your name and your recipe and you will be featured. My Facebook is Sabiha Jamil and my Instagram is at Sabiho Amigo. So feel free to contact me if you want to drop a recipe and just let me know. So yeah, thank you so much for listening and I wish you all a very happy holidays.
0: Well, if you do end up making holiday cookies, do let us know, as Sabiha said, contact her if you have any recipes you want to send in. Next, we have Krish Angadala, who will be taking you through a fun segment called Guess the Meme.
2: Hey guys, I'm your host, Krish. I'm a junior. And I'm Lance, and I'm also a junior. Welcome to Guess the Meme, where we take some of the most popular memes and try to make each other guess which meme it is using nothing but our words.
3: The rules are simple. Each one of us is given a meme and we have to describe the meme using only our words to the other person to hope that they are able to correctly predict it.
2: Each person gets 30 seconds to explain and make the other person guess the right meme. Let's get right into it. I will go first. All right, this meme is of a lone figure in a suit. He is next to some num- there's a background of numbers in blue and white. And there is no, a... No
3: more. You don't need no more.
2: Really? Stonks meme. Yes. Thank you. What
3: do you mean, thank you? I right, yeah. Okay. Uh, my meme. So, there is two columns and two rows. I see. It's, it's like a grid. Not a grid. What am I saying? And it has... Uh, him, it's a person just, like, agreeing to something. And then in another picture, it's just him pushing something away.
2: I see. This should be easy. Is it the Drake meme? Very simply, yeah. You're right. Yep, yeah. alright. Alright, my second meme. So we have a picture of a figure looking very creepy. With a weird smile and wide eyes. And some pictures in the background.
3: Pictures in the background. What'd you say before Drake. that?
2: Uh, creepy smile, very creepy look, uh, wide eyes, and big mouth.
3: Crazy person meme? Is that a thing? Crazy person. Boom.
2: Crazy person. I mean, it's close enough. It's there's no, there's, there's getting clo- getting hotter. Um, oh. it's a girl.
3: Crazy girl meme. Boom. <laughs>
2: Thank you so crazy much. Crazy girl. Alright, yeah.
3: answer.
2: <laughs> you seen the crazy GF meme, right? Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah, okay. Wow. Wow. I know, I'm very That's smart. That's still my point. I'll take it. Yeah. Um,
3: uh, alright. So, this is on a beach. You I can see. see the sea in the background. And it's a little, little kid showing that that confidence.
2: Confidence. Yeah. Alright, alright. Got this, I got this. Go on. Getting high. Uh, I know it. more? Yeah, I want more, I got this. Okay.
3: I'll give you very specific details. He's wearing a green and white shirt. Uh he's holding a fist. Yeah.
2: This should be the success kid meme. Easy dub. Easy easy. You're wrong. Oh what? I'm kidding. I'm
3: kidding. You're right. You're right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh that was nice. Uh, yeah, okay. that... what about you? Yeah. I had
2: to say it was pretty fun for me. Okay, so anyway, thank you for turning into Guess the Meme. This is your host, Krish, and my guest, Lance. And remember, never stop memeing. Yep. yep. Uh, see you later.
0: Thank you, Christian and Lance. Um, moving on, we have Namita Nair and Ifat Patan talking about the Zodiac Killer, a serial killer in our very own Bay Area.
4: Hi guys, welcome to Creepy Crawlies, a section of Articulara where we talk about all things paranormal and the harrowing world of true crime. We're your hosts, Namitha Nair and Ifeth Pathan.
5: Today we will be talking about the infamous Zodiac Killer. So the main thing that I know about the Zodiac Killer was that he was active in San Francisco in the late 1960s. Yeah, that's really interesting because That's like really
4: nearby. And one of his um, most commonly known, what he's known for is sending taunting letters to the media detailing the murders, saying that they would basically never catch him. And he used a special cipher, which was made out of a bunch of symbols. um, And his symbol was a circle with a plus sign over it,
5: um, which he used to mark his murders. And it's actually really creepy.
6: Mm hmm.
5: Especially because some of his ciphers have never been solved today. Like, people still get confused about it. And the case is still kind of active, you could say.
4: Yeah. How many people did he kill? Do you know?
5: Um, well, he killed at least five people. But he claimed to have killed 37 in his letters that he sent to the officers. And he would do that a lot where once he would kill people, he would kind of, like, boast about it. And, like, talk about it in, um to the police officers and tell them like hey i killed this many people and stuff but it's really never have been confirmed that's really messed up and i think uh i
4: read somewhere that in 1974 the letters actually stopped and nobody knows what happened to him so the fact that he could still be out there is super creepy Mm -hmm. and so i have three theories that i found on the zodiac killer And the first theory is that a man named Lawrence Kane K. was the Zodiac Killer. Kane was in an accident that left him with brain damage, so he had no control over himself. And personal information of his has been found in the possible decodings of some of the Zodiac Killer's ciphers, which lends credibility to this theory. And the second theory is that another man named Arthur Lay Allen... Uh, was actually the Zodiac Killer. But as we know, he was uh, tried and the evidence didn't match with him. He was acquitted because his handwriting and DNA didn't match that of the Zodiac Killer. And the third theory is that a man named Earl Van Best was a Zodiac Killer, and he was actually accused by his own son, and he wrote a book called The Most Dangerous Animal of All, which later got adapted to film. And in fact, the Zodiac Killer is a popular subject for books, movies, and, creepily enough, fan clubs. So this is all super creepy. Wait, he has fan clubs? Yeah, he does. There's like people who are like in love with him, and there's uh, websites for them that is really messed up yeah it's i don't even know what to think that's mm-hmm. so creepy and the fact that he might he could live in the bay area mm-hmm. he could be our next door neighbors and we would never know you know it's just the craziest thing ever how old would he be right now um i think he would be like it's like old really his, old, but... like really old i don't know i can't do math it, yeah. in his like, 80s you know, or something. Yeah, he, he could st- totally still be alive. And his, like, when you hear about all these uh, serial killers, there's something called an MO, which is a modus operandis, And his MO was basically that he killed couples. So in the beginning, he killed young couples in secluded areas, and he usually used a gun. So there was like a string of murders of just couples in Lover's Lanes. And his first victims were high schoolers, Betty Lou Jensen and David Faraday, who were at a Lover's Lane on Lake Herman Road in
5: Venetia when they were
4: killed. Like, think about that. High schoolers.
5: That's so messed up. And also there was another couple I think he killed, um, Celia and Brian. And Brian actually survived this. And his, like, account of the whole accident, incident, you could say, was so weird because the way that the killer was, like, talking to them, he was, like, kind of being friendly at first, which is so creepy because he was, like, conversing with them. And then out of nowhere, he just stabs them. So, oh, my
6: God. That, yeah.
5: uh, that <laughs> would
4: make me so paranoid. I yeah. don't even know how psychologically that would affect you, you know? Um, and... That's just insane. I think he was, he was, um, no, there was a second survivor, actually. His name was Michael McGough, but he had a married girlfriend named Darlene Elizabeth Darren, and she was killed, but he managed to survive. And because of him, we have the infamous sketch of the Zodiac Killer. And, and he identified Arthur Leigh Allen as the person who uh, killed, who, who tried to kill him. Um, But, as we know, uh, Alan was acquitted. That's really weird. So he looked like him, but his DNA didn't match? Yeah, his DNA and his handwriting did not match that of the letter that the Zodiac Killer wrote. And the DNA sample that they found was from the stamp. Because, you know, when you put a stamp, people used to lick the back of it and put Mm -hmm. it on. Um, But his DNA did not match that. And, actually... In 1969, the Zodiac killer murdered a taxi driver named Paul Stein, and he sent, this is one of the most famous letters that he ever sent, uh, he sent a piece of Stein's bloody shirt to the San Francisco Chronicle, and said that he would target a school bus and quote, pick off the kitties as they come bouncing out, unquote.
5: That is so weird. Th- That's the that whole quote is just so messed up.
4: That's not okay. Could you no. imagine being a little kid
5: in San Francisco when this guy was walking around? Yeah, and it's so, like, surreal that it's, like, in San Francisco. Like, it's so close to us. That's I know,
4: place. right? Like, I I never thought, like, that the Bay Area would be home to something like that. But, yeah. like, the Zodiac Killer and then the Golden State Murderer, who they recently found through DNA evidence, um, it's all super, super duper creepy. But I think that's all we have for today. I hope we creeped you out a little bit. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Please remember, try not to hang out in shady lovers' lanes and maybe try a bowling alley. But that's all for now. This has been Creepy Crawlies with your host, Nami and Ifet. And remember, the answer is never murder.
0: Well, that was your Creepy Crawlies segment. Let us know if you enjoyed it. Next, we have a quick recap of the presidential election. Chaha Mukherjee and her guests will be providing their thoughts and reactions.
7: Hey guys, my name's is Chaha, I'm a junior at American and today I brought two of my friends to discuss our recent political election. Hi, my name is Vivia and I'm a junior at American High School as well.
8: Uh, my name is Rachel, I'm also a junior at American.
7: So yeah, we had this big political election recently. Biden was our projected winner, even though the votes are kind of close on both ends. People have a lot of thoughts about this election. How do you guys feel about Biden being the projected winner? Uh, Tivia, would
8: you like to go first? <laughs>
9: Honestly, I am glad that he was elected because, you know, the first set on for, Braden, for um, Biden, Is a very popular phrase that's being used all around media. And I Mm -hmm. do agree with that. I think that it is, it is a good idea to settle for Biden because although he might not be the, the best president, he definitely Mm -hmm. is better than Trump, in my opinion. And I think that America will do better under his presidency. And so for that reason, um, I think, I think it's a good thing that he won. How you feel
8: Rachel? Well, I definitely thought Biden was going to win. I was actually kind of surprised when when the votes were coming in and it seemed like Trump was winning. I I can't say that I know too much about what like Biden's policies are. I feel like that's not the kind of thing that when you know when you go on social media, people aren't talking about what Biden believes <laughs> in. It's just yeah, about yeah. vote for Biden because mm-hmm. But I honestly I don't think it makes too much of a difference. Like I don't think America is going to be Like, incredibly changed just because our our president has changed. Mm -hmm. I I don't think it's too much as a big deal as everyone makes it out to be.
9: Actually, yeah, I I very much agree with that. To add on to what Rachel said, although a lot of people do hype up uh, Biden's presidency and see it as a huge victory for, I guess, his party, the Democratic Mm -hmm. Party, at least, I really don't think that he is going like, as Rachel said, is going to make as much of a difference as he projected or as much as people um, might believe that he he will.
7: Yeah, so honestly, I was kind of surprised too, to see that the votes went pretty even. There were definitely a lot of red states. And I know one big thing that a lot of people are bringing up is this is not necessarily, we're not celebrating Biden being voted in because he and Kamala have flaws in their past, but it's more so victory that people are saying Trump is being voted out. And that's why People are celebrating. I'm guessing so much. Also, I, um, I, I think TikTok
9: played a really, re- really important mm-hmm, role in mm-hmm. Biden's victory because I think TikTok is like I think the number one most used app. I believe I think it's something like that. A lot. Of, it has millions of users, like active mm-hmm. users. And during um, the time of the election, and still now, honestly, there were lots of movements. I think Gen Z for Biden. Those really advocated for. Biden's presidency, and I think um, because our users are such impressionable teams on TikTok, mm-hmm. um, it definitely influenced their views, and I think TikTok played overall a really huge role in molding people's perspectives on presidency and the election.
8: I mean, I think we can just say in general that social media plays a huge role in mm-hmm. influencing people and their thoughts, especially about, like, politics. Um, social media is pretty much dominated by the newer generations Mm -hmm. and the newer generations are growing up a lot more progressively I guess so social media is dominated by like um, left wing ideas Yeah, and I had an interesting conversation with one of my older college friends and he was saying like Mm -hmm. we go on social media and it seems like everybody believes in like this one progressive idea Mm -hmm. um, that's like snowballing forward but what we don't see is like the silent majority of people who
7: Mm -hmm, are mm -hmm.
8: older and don't even really have a presence on social media. And those are the people that are like conservative or voting Republican.
7: Um, Yeah. I feel like that's why, I mean, we were all expecting, as even Rachel said, a lot of us were expecting Biden to win, but there is that silent, silent majority that, voted that a republican probably voted for trump but because they're older we're probably not hearing much from their side that's why people are so surprised they're like why was it so even that's why do you how do you think this is going to change like specifically our future do you think it won't have any effects at all
8: i don't think it will be too influential i mean i think the hate on trump start to die down since people mm-hmm. don't have too much yeah. of a reason to hate on him anymore But other than that, I don't really know. I feel like Biden and Kamala aren't going to pass, like, too many laws or change too many things. Mm -hmm. Um, And even if they do try, I think a big part of government is Republican-controlled, so they'll probably Mm -hmm. struggle if they try. So I don't think it'll be too crazy of a difference.
9: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, The whole point of, like, settling for Biden kind of implies that, like, we know that um, even if he doesn't do a lot to change uh, laws or or pass laws for that matter, um, he is better than Trump being elected. I think that's the whole point of a big part of the reason why a lot of people voted for him.
7: But yeah, I'm already seeing like, you know, the entire time Trump was in office, people were just they were raging at him. The internet was full of like, hate memes about him. And I feel like those are already starting to die out. Like, (laughs) <laughs> People are already, like, starting to forget about him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's interesting to see. Good enough for now. Anything else you guys want to add?
8: When you think of Biden, you tend to think of, like, uh-huh. um, far-left ideas, correct? Like Yeah. Yeah, you think of, like, the image of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. But um now I'm not claiming to know, like, a ton because I obviously don't. My history teacher had us take this quiz on the site to see like which oh. what ideas we have align with which political candidate and as I was looking through them um I realized that Biden mm-hmm. was actually a lot more moderate in his ideas than I had realized like mm-hmm. sure you can say Trump is very uh, far to the right and I feel like the media would have you believe that Biden is very far to the left in contrast mm-hmm. but he's actually pretty moderate in his ideas and that was very surprising to me to find out
9: Yeah, um, I took that test as well, and um, I didn't notice uh, what you just brought up, but I think that's really interesting as well, because, yeah, a lot of people do associate Biden with far-left views, but it's cool that he's actually, it's cool that you found out that he's actually moderate and not so... Yeah, I feel like,
7: you know, social media, a lot of people really just try to get us into thinking that he was, like, the super-liberal leftist, but that's really not the case. Like, he's just, he's less conservative than Trump, definitely.
8: (laughs) Yeah, I think, um, if I remember correctly, one of his views were he didn't agree with mm-hmm. abortion, but he didn't think that government should, like, control, uh-huh. like, it uh, and deny people okay. it. But, so I was like, huh, that's really interesting.
7: So I think that's all. Excited to see the inauguration, January 20th, and thank you for joining <laughs> Bye.
8: Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you guys. Um, Now we have MC and Harita reading a few of the stories that you guys have submitted with their reactions and some of their own stories.
10: Hi everyone, my name is Harita. And my name is MC. And today we'll be reading your stories that you've submitted to Articulera and reading them out loud to you guys. So, our first submission
6: is by an anonymous student at American High School. Mm-hmm. It was a bright summer morning. The garage door opened with a loud thud. The sun blinded me. A perfect day to go biking. My brother was pumping the tires as I looked up the route we were biking to. We put on our safety gear and hoped for the wild ride. It was a bumpy road, but we did end up at the park. We took a couple of rounds with our bikes around the park and then headed home.
10: While going past a dead bush, we heard a garage door open. Two living things came right at us. Then I saw two hairy, moist-nosed dogs headed straight for us. Our tires bumped each other while attempt- attempting to go down the hill. I was ahead, maybe a couple feet from my brother's bike. I landed on the grass, wetting my clothes because of the sprinklers. My mom came out of the garage and gaped. Oops, my brother and I said in chorus. <laughs>
6: This was a really silly story
10: that was kind of interesting. I think I've had my own biking experiences, but most of them have been kind of depressing because halfway through, either my tire would have a hole in it and my bike would no longer be able to function, or just a weather.
6: I don't know, I don't know where I thought this was going, but I honestly thought it was the beginning to a horror story.
10: Yeah, me, me too. Um. Yeah, but interesting story. Do you have any biking experiences, MC?
6: Um, Not
10: any particular ones concerning
6: animals.
10: (laughs) Yeah, me neither. But concerning animals, actually, once um, my mom and I were chased by this sheepdog whose owner could not get it into control. And so my mom and I were so scared, and it was hilarious. And that's what this story reminded me of, because... I can relate to the anxiety of seeing such big dogs and thinking that they're out for us. when really, I'm pretty sure they have good intentions. They just think they're playing. So now for our second submission, this is by Kaden Kwan, who submitted this story to us. So go ahead and see.
6: Two summers ago, I was at a summer camp that our church decided to do for our high school ministry. One night, As we were getting ready to sleep, our head counselor woke my group up and took us out of our tent. After a little while, he gets up on top of a platform. The way this game works, he begins, is that we will blindfold you and take you to a remote spot in the woods. Your goal is to find your way back to the campsite without being caught by the other counselors.
10: Before any of us could say anything, the counselors lined up and blindfolded us. We grabbed onto each other's shoulders in a line and they led us up Deep into the woods. After a solid 15 minutes of walking, our line stopped. Wait here until the horn sounds, says a wolf voice. Within minutes, the entire once dry lakeside and forest floor had turned into a layer of thick sludge. Rain pelted us like cold bullets, and even worse was we'll the approaching flashes and booms of thunder.
6: Everyone come back, Jack screams at the top of his lungs while letting the air horn off. <laughs> it's not safe anymore. Many students, however, only heard the air horn. His screams were muted by the violent crashes of lightning. I ran back to the camp, my feet pounding and slipping all over the ground. As it hit the water, the entire area would glow white with arcs of electricity. I eventually got into one of the camp's boats.
10: Luckily, nobody was seriously hurt. It was a great opportunity to bond as friends, and we definitely all felt closer afterward. Well. Wow. <laughs> That was a very
6: dramatic story.
10: <laughs> very dramatic. Actually, I've never been in any situation similar, so I don't know how I can relate. But that was a very climactic story. I wasn't expecting a camping to go this wrong. I think I have personally, my camping experiences have been very boring. Um, <laughs> but. If I was in this kind of situation where I'm afraid for my life from the lightning and, you know, the anxiety of this, I don't know what I would do. Probably run. But even then, in that, like, adrenaline rush, how are you going to find the way back and be ensured that you will find the way back, you know? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, you know, I've never actually gone camping before. Um, mm-hmm. But
6: <laughs> I'm I'm pretty sure this is, like, a, a once-in-a-lifetime
10: current yeah probably i hope this is once in a lifetime if people are um you know put out in the middle of nowhere on a regular basis i think that would mm-hmm. be pretty concerning <laughs> so thank you for submitting that story kaden um <laughs> i hope that your you and your campmates had a fun time afterwards
6: um <laughs> yeah oh, yeah definitely <laughs> Uh yeah. definitely makes the camp counselors think twice.
10: Yeah, <laughs> for sure. All
6: right. Well, thank you all so much for tuning into our episode. And a special thank you goes out to those who submitted their stories to us. Uh, we had a lot of fun reading and reacting to
10: them. Yeah, we had such a great time going through your stories. And if you want your crazy experience, bizarre story, or just something you want to share with other people, to this podcast send in your stories to the Eagle era podcast team and we can read your stories in the next episode so thank you so much to all of you who tuned in bye bye
0: <laughs> well that brings us to our last segment types of soup beach aldry and their friend Anne will be going through series of soup and their respective thoughts
11: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Articulera podcast. Um, my name is B Chowdhury. I'm a sophomore and I am part of the podcast team. And I have a special guest today.
12: Uh, hi, I'm Ann Nguyen and I'll be joining B today on this podcast. Yeah, we're going to
11: talk about different soup just because I think it's a fun, small little segment. You know, it's cold. Good hot meal is soup, right? So, first up, we have tomato soup. Personally, I think it is the best, like, classic soup.
12: Yeah. Um, I feel like I just haven't had, like, a solid tomato soup, like, a good one. I feel like out of the ones that I've had, they're all, like, really watery.
11: Okay. Next soup is clam chowder. Um,. I think it's nasty it's hot meat milk first of all I know some people absolutely adore like love clam chowder
12: I haven't had clam chowder in a a while but it's not like horrible like I can't it and like the fact that it's white like you can't even see a lot of things that are in it so it's like every bite is a surprise and I don't like surprises like that
11: Yeah, I feel that too. I also generally don't like a thicker soup like that. I don't know. It might be weird. Okay, next one I thought of was chicken noodle soup. Which, if you don't know, it's like chicken broth and then there's chicken and then like small noodles. Not like long ones, but like, you know, shorter ones. And then like they have vegetables in it.
12: I feel like the only time where I would eat chicken noodle was at like sweet tomatoes. consider it like a classic soup? Yeah, it's Chicken noodle isn't anything, like, special. It's
11: it's kind of just there. It's, like, not horrible, but there's definitely other options. Yeah.
12: We can
11: move on to the next one. Chicken and dumpling soup. I don't know if you've had it because I don't know anywhere that makes it, but it's, like, a chicken broth soup and then chicken and, I think, small dumplings normally, and then you, you put veggies and stuff in there, right? It's kind of similar to chicken noodle yeah, I'm like, I just wanna include it because I thought it looked so good, but I've never had it. It's like oh I've
12: never had that either. Um it sounds it sounds good, but I've never had it, so I don't actually know.
11: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um I'm so sorry for like if I'm like feel like I'm rushing, but I'm like, ah. Okay. Um next one I put on here just because I have strong opinions, is congee, which Aww. is, like, the... I don't know if you've had it. It's, like, you boil rice, and then... Uh, and so it looks like porridge, just for people who don't know, because I don't know if a lot of people have had it.
12: <laughs> Alright, so, like, growing up Southeast Asian, um, this is the thing that my parents made for me the most when I was sick, and I feel like it might be a culture thing where it's, like, For me, it's not, like, super mushy. It's just, like, soft rice (laughs) and, like,
2: but it's thick.
12: And so, and then my parents would, like, use chicken broth in it. And, like, they would add shredded chicken. And then it would just be really good. Uh, Oh, But for me, it's a pretty solid soup. Like, I could have that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Even though I would feel like a child eating baby food, it's very comfy
11: for me. I, mean, I feel that. I don't know. I'm like, I'm just weird with textures too. Like, there's certain <laughs> like, anyways. Okay, next these next two, ish, say ish because one of these is like a ton, but are I think these ones are like the the holy grail soups. Okay, um, miso soup it. Fish broth, with I'm pretty sure it's fish broth, and like tofu and seaweed, mm-hmm. and then I've had it with spinach too in it. First of all, 11 out of 10.
12: Like eating it kind of reminds me of like the, the egg, Chinese egg soup, like it's just so comfy. Sweet.
11: And then the last one, I kind of put these all together, because I I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I feel like these are kind of similar, but they also have a lot of differences, and I was like, you know what? I still love all of these, like, in their own individual right, but, um, so, I'm sorry, I kind of grouped them together, but, uh, udon, ramen, and pho, I love them all, they, they're kind, they're different, they're very different, um,
12: there's, there's something about those soups where it's just like, man, I never knew that soup could heal me so much as a person. Growing up with, like, pho, because I'm Vietnamese, um, there's just something that hits different about it. It's just so healing when I drink it.
11: You know, I'm South Asian, so I haven't grown up with that. But, like, we have a Vietnamese place close to our house that's been there since, I don't even know, as long as I can remember. So we go there a lot. And it's just, it's always been comfort food. So that was all of the soups. Um, Now you know my opinions. Um, Well, thank you for coming to this part of the podcast. Um, And for people listening, I will see you next month in December.
0: If you're still listening, thank you. That was our last segment and brings us to an end of our podcast for the month of November. I hope you enjoyed this month's podcast and maybe form some opinions on soup or thought of a few memes during the meme game. Uh, Keep an eye out for December's episode and do check out the Eagle Era newspaper for the month of November, and everyone have a great day. Thank you!